On this episode of DC On Screen, the secret merger that left the DC world stunned. Plus, Warner Upfronts brings news of animated series, a very hotly anticipated movie adaptation, updates on the Batgirl movie, and more. Plus, why are people freaking out about the Riddler? We're talking about all these things, plus your feedback, right after these advertisements from callous corporate queefs. Circle K is America's thirst stop. And yours. Especially when the weather gets... And you need to stay... Stay refreshed on the go with ice-cold Circle K favorites, like freshly ground iced coffee, Froster, Polar Pop Cup, and more. And right now at Circle K, save on all 20-ounce Pepsi products. Three for four twenty-five. When life's go, 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 make us your first stop. Because Circle K is America's thirst stop. Hey, let's hear that new Turkey Hill jingle. 79 cents is all you pay for Turkey Hill sodas every day. And you forgot applicable tax. For a limited time, get a small, medium, or large fountain soda for just 79 cents at Turkey Hill. Excludes extra large and all frozen drinks. Plus applicable tax. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 636. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the man who says, I don't drink and drive, officer, just at stop signs. Jason goes. God, that guy actually exists, and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw that a while back and mm-hmm. stored it away. And today I was like, shit, I didn't write the thing that Jason is. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I remember. That one stuck in there, you know, right alongside uh, time uh, flies like an arrow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, I mean, the real trick to get out of that is to offer a beer. <laughs> I actually knew a cop in Montgomery. I'm sure you look like you're having a stressful night. May I offer you a beverage? I knew a guy in Montgomery, a cop in Montgomery, who would pull people over and, and smoke weed with them. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's real. I've seen a couple instances of like, ah, look what I confiscated. This is going to be great. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. All right. Well, first off, before we get into this episode, by the way, this episode was going to be really short. It was going to be like, Seriously, it was four pages. Mm-hmm. And then today happened. Ah, I'm oblivious. I've been swallowed up by work. That's It's going to be fun, too, because I, of that. I'm doing two people's work now, and um, mm-hmm. I forget my own name for 10 hours a day. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, I do, before we jump into this Good. thing, want to thank the patrons. Uh, we got a new patron this week, Capuchon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you watch Arrow, you know what that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, Five dollar patron there. And look, a dollar a month gets you every episode ad free. Five dollars a month gets you that plus whatever else we decide to put up. This week we put up three Patreon exclusive episodes. Three. Uh, James Bond and his trusty sidekick Quaalude. <laughs> which was the warm-up for episode 609. Mm-hmm. Uh, the warm-up for 616, which I am calling the Entangled Nickel. And then the uh, hour and 18-minute long warm-up for episode 626, the Power Rangers TV versus movie 
uh, <laughs> episode <laughs> where you had seen the Power Rangers movie and you were asking me, like, how does this stack up against the show? And, uh, and we, we were both we, woefully disappointed. <laughs> it was a fun episode, too, though. It uh, was. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, we, yeah. Um, uh, it, it's, I can't believe you had the gall to call that a warm-up <laughs> after all it was a warm-up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hour and chain. <laughs> we just talked an hour before we got on here. That happens. <sighs> but yeah, that's all, that's available to all of our $5 patrons. Patreon.com slash DC on screen. Finally living up to that promise. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to deal with that, but you still want to support us in some way uh, monetarily, there's a donate button. Over at DCOnScreen.com. Or there's a store button. You can go click over there and go get you some merch. And uh, various uh, DC On Screen logos on on different shirts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right. On to the news. Big stuff. I try to condense it. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> so if I miss something, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I didn't want to sit and read like an article or several articles as it was. Um... <laughs> Here's what I've ascertained, and if I miss something, please just let me know. I mean, tell me on, I'm an you, idiot. You've made it sound like you read some headlines and were like, "I think this is what's going on." But no, no, I mean, you, no. you just you just mean you didn't want to like comb through the recondensed versions of things. Well, no, I didn't want to read an article on the show. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. or okay. several articles on the show. Yeah, for a second I was like, it sounded like you were like, I just didn't want to read anything, but here's what I think. No, 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 no. I read it all. I, like, I read I, it. I know that's not your style. What's going on here? God help me. I read it. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily understand it. That's all, that's all I'm saying. But the was, words I'm, passed through, you know, your lobes. They were, they right, were there. Right. I'm not a, I'm not like one of these, I'm not fluent in Bloomberg. Mm. I don't, I don't know exactly all the, the ins and outs of uh of mergers and things but this kind of blew up and it was a uh, it was suddenly a big rumor on sunday night it, and then i don't know if it does make you feel any better I've, I've seen stock experts who said that like they'll explain what they do and eventually someone's like this makes no fucking sense how is it set up that way and they're like you're getting it mm-hmm. you're starting <laughs> to understand now but um yeah so they're so all shysters as far as like no one actually understands it sunday night we got news of a merger and then monday it it actually was announced transpired yes yeah um here are the bullet points at&t is spinning off warner media and merging it with discovery Mm -hmm. and forming a new media focused company it will give dc comics CNN, TBS, TNT, HGTV, Food Network, Discovery Channel, Warner Brothers Pictures, Discovery Plus, and HBO Max, a single corporate parent. And the Discovery CEO, David uh, Zaslav, will become the head of the new company. I do not look forward to saying that name over (laughs) and over again. Uh, We'll get used to it. John Stankey had this to say, the merger will support the fantastic growth and international launch of HBO Max with Discovery's global footprint and create efficiencies, which can be reinvested in producing more great content to give consumers what they want. For AT&T shareholders, this is an opportunity to unlock value and be one of the best capitalized broadband companies focused on investing in 5G and fiber to meet substantial long-term demand for connectivity. AT&T shareholders will retain their stake in our leading communications company, 
that comes with an attractive dividend. Plus, they will get a stake in the new company, a global media leader that can build one of the top top streaming platforms in the world. Under the agreement, AT&T said it would receive an aggregate amount of $43 billion mm-hmm. in a combination of cash debt and Warner Media's retention of certain debt. Uh, Discovery shareholders would own 29% of the new company, while AT&T shareholders will receive 71%. Mm. The, uh, the new Somebody got a- the better end of that deal. Absolutely. The new as-yet-unnamed company... Is supposed to be named in the coming weeks, coming week, weeks, something could be valued at as much as $150 billion, including debt, according to the Financial Times. If approved by regulators, the deal effectively reverses AT&T's years-long plan to combine content and distribution in a vertically integrated company. Uh, the company said that the deal is expected to close in the middle of 2022, and... Um, Zaslav said on the press call Monday that he believes the combined company will be able to differentiate itself from top streaming services like Disney Plus and Netflix by offering a combination of news and sports on top of its entertainment properties like Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and, of course, DC. He also expressed confidence in CNN, which some had speculated would be spun off from Warner Media. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said Monday his new company plans to keep CNN with the intention to take everything we have in news, combine it with CNN, and be a world leader in news. Uh, Warner Media CEO Jason Kyler uh, has apparently hired a legal team to negotiate his exit. <laughs> now that the company is merging with Di- Discovery. Right. And the combined company is to be led by the latter's current CEO. So there's that. That was according to the New York Times and several other people. Um, I found a really cool tweet though, Luis Fernando, uh, Luis Fernando, because several people asked me this and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, there's a nice little b- b- book into this, right. uh, AT&T will not own the new company. The AT&T investors get 71%. The point was to get rid of Warner media from the AT&T balance sheet. Once the merger's complete, they won't be able to sell Warner Media to Comcast or Disney or anybody else. It will not be theirs to sell. It'll be its own separate company. And that's one of the words that, that was like one of the little words that was hanging me up personally was they're going to spin it off. They're going to spin it off. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? No, no, no. If you well, part of what you just said was Warner Media would be retaining most of the debt, right? So it's not. It's one of those spinoffs where uh, the, you're putting the money in the pockets of the people who are getting the spinoff. Like somebody got a good deal here and it was AT&T. Yeah. Because they're going to be able to keep some of the runoff from the profit of it, but have to be mm-hmm. able to set it off out of their roster and put it in somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. And this it's, is... It's not a bad deal for them, man. No. It doesn't seem to be. And we all get to, you know, cross our fingers, hope for a good fresh start. Mm-hmm. And it's... Is, is it is it wrong that it occurs to me that Discovery, a, a series of channels that, you know, short of CNN and whatnot, are, are at this point largely responsible for shows about, you know, home renovations are, are going to be combined with DC Comics now? No. I mean, you know, look, I anything, as long as this Gordon stuff Ramsey is... And see what he wants to do with this new Justice League movie. Hey, look, man, I'm excited because I like a lot of the HGTV shows. I won't lie. Like, I feel bad about it. <laughs> but, you know, I'll sit there and watch, like, old Guy Fieri, whatever his name is, on, on the <laughs> Dine-In's Driver. Like, I just want to sit and watch people eat food that I can't afford. 
I, <laughs> it's not programming for me, but it, well, like, when it's on in the background, sometimes I, I, I understand why it's pleasant to be on in the background. Guy Fieri himself is a uh, fucking hero, and you'll never hear me say a false word against him at this point. Really? Oh, he raised millions of dollars for uh, basically for people in the food service industry in 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard he's a dick for years and years. I've heard he's a horrible person. I didn't. Need, I never even knew about that. I haven't. Maybe he is. Always, Maybe he's both. You, I don't know. But you always hear the bad things, dude. Uh, dude, dude, dude got some good work done at the time. So he's even if he is a dick, he's got a reprieve. Yeah. But look, man. Uh, you know, I, I, the the short version of this is we don't know what this means for DC. Nope. Um. It, it it's interesting that that report came out last week that uh, that Toby Emmerich might be looking around. <laughs> I didn't hear his name mentioned anywhere. I I didn't see it anywhere, and it is interesting that the report was even out there. It could just be purely speculation because you don't necessarily look, the, hear that. And one thing I forgot to actually put in the notes uh, was that um, this David Zaslav is going to be in charge of films. Okay, I mean, so honestly, um, anybody. Would be good, <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, if we and, could just go from having not a plan and not a boss to having a plan and a boss, I don't know. It might be, a, it might be a step in a better direction. I don't know. Maybe so. It does look like this 2022 merger lines up pretty well with uh, with Emric's 18 month contract expiration. It does, it um, does. But that'd be a coincidence in some ways. But I'm hearing that this was actually a uh, this was all a secret from Jason Kyler as well. Well, that's probably why he's got a team of lawyers. Yeah, man, this is this is this is some wild shit right here. But the, they would rival only Disney at this point. If like if this goes through, which I'm fairly certain it will, uh, all it needs to be. I mean, the merger's complete. They just need to have it. You know, the regulation go through. Yeah, which it, um, it will. Yeah, but, it will. It's only like it's in terms of what they have at their disposal. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a that's a lot, and they they have certain things you know at their back that Disney Plus has that others don't. Like they have a an, an established canon rather than Netflix like having to build their own and buy other ones and rent stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that may be Netflix's downfall is that they only own so much of the stuff they're doing, and even then they have to give it away because sometimes they get IPs from people. So yep. they they're very much you know. Peter and Paul are in the transaction the whole time. Like Warner Brothers owns its shit. Disney owns its shit outright. No one can contest it. You know, mm-hmm. Little cases like Spider-Man or whatever. But um, <laughs> it, it, but even that on the in the scheme of Disney is a little thing. Uh, yeah, but like, it, but they've got to do. They've got to be able to match what Disney's doing in the output part. Like they have to have new as well. You, know, you can't just mm-hmm. rely on you know Friends reruns to you know, get your. And it's not like they're bad. Like they've got you know Friends, Big Bang, whatever was in that last email I just saw. It like they've got heavy hitters, but that you can't build your entire thing on that. It's going to have to right. be not nostalgia based. You're going to have to get us some new content, and they're doing some of that for sure. But yeah, they've got to they've got to invest a little bit, which is going to yeah. be hard because, like you just said, they didn't take on a lot of the profit, and they're taking on the the debt. So they're going to have to come up with some money, I think, to be able to pour yeah. into this thing. But Man, they've got a real yeah. chance. I, if there was any way for David Zaslav to be listening to me right now, I would tell him, look, man, you have so many things. Like you talk, We talk about the mismanagement. I talked about this on Twitter earlier this week. Mm-hmm. You know, We always talk about Warner Media's mismanagement of DC. Mm-hmm. How about their non-management of some of their other, other great uh, franchises? Like 
where where's the Johnny Quest movies? <laughs> All right, where where's Space Ghost? Where's Birdman? Where's the Herculoids? The Galaxy Trio, for God's sake. Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. I mean, <laughs> Thundar the Barbarian. How are we not seeing all the Silverhawks, Thundercats? You have yet to name something I would watch. <laughs> I would watch all of that I shit. Know. I would eat that shit up I know. faster than fast, man. I want me a Silverhawks movie. Give me a Thundercats or not, and not, maybe not even a movie. Let's just do cool new animated series. Yeah, I mean, just give oh, me like a god, decent six episodes in animation. It's fine. <laughs> maybe we'll get there. I know there's a Thundercats uh, movie uh, being developed. Yeah, being written, and I'm excited for that. And uh, they have so many cool IPs, and like you know, right now nostalgia is on the rise. Like. Stamp that shit down. I remember seeing Thundercats as a kid and being like, cool, magical cats with muscles. I'm I'm good. Never mind. <laughs> I was more of a Silverhawks guy, but I like I like Thundercats. I, I I grew up with Thundercats. I was watching Thundercats before I was into Batman. I'll tell you this. I, I have no interest outright in what you just said, but I'll bet you I'd watch half of it <laughs> if it actually got developed and I did some research. And I'll tell you this. I watched Space Ghost and went, hey, he looks like Batman. <laughs> without ears look he's got like two robins a girl and a guy cool yeah they kind of got a leak over here look at that i didn't space ghost uh i i just didn't appreciate comedically the uh the awkward pause for the longest time well i mean i'm you know i'm talking about the old the old show not 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 coast oh, to coast God, i was i was thinking coast to coast that that, that no. is my experience with space ghost oh yeah no 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 no, it was a straight up superhero show. Back I remember. In the day. I have, I have seen a couple of those. I'm remembering a YouTube wormhole right now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still pleading ignorance on Space Ghost in general. Yeah. Anyway, so um, there was a really they did a really good a really good comic run that was gorgeous. Uh, several years ago, 15, 20 years ago, it was oh, it was painted. It was oh, it was, uh, Alex Ross did covers for it and shit. It was great. Anyway, that does ring a bell. I mean, uh, maybe that's the Alex Ross. Now, would I watch like a Batman the Max, Batman Space Ghost uh, kind of crossover? Psh, yeah. Would mm-hmm. I read it at least if it's out there? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. All right. So, uh, yeah, we don't know exactly what that means uh, for DC. We'll see in the coming days. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of bad takes on Twitter. A lot of people going, yeah, this is what happens. This is, They got rid of it because, of you know, they didn't want to deal with how bad everything's going to go after a Snyderverse. And shut up. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, if anything, it makes, all right. It doesn't make sense going forward as much as it makes sense going backward. So deals like this aren't just like, dude, this didn't happen in March. This deal has been in the works for some time. That's how these things go. It's going to close this time next year and some change. And that's probably accurate. And I'm just guessing we'll get delayed a little bit because it's also the, these things move glacially. It's not mm-hmm. a reactionary thing where they're like, well, just I'm done dealing with the Snyder fans. I'm out. Like, right. Jason Kilar didn't just get mad or ATT didn't, get, didn't just get mad at being, you know, added. Like, that's not what happened here, man. Like, it's not, <laughs> there's no fucking way. It, it's been happening for a while. If anything, it retroactively explains the lack of plan. Yeah. And the lack of decisiveness. And it explains, it explains why Zack Snyder has been a little more uh, open, a little more open, a little more talk, you know, talking about how Snyder, how 
Warner Brothers is anti-Snyder. I think he sees an opening. <laughs> Honestly, well, I think he sees an, an For him, there are know, three things. One, he has proven that he is a, uh, host, of, a host unto himself. He can just do whatever he's going to do somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Two, there's the opening where no one's quite... Maybe there's a vacuum where he can take some punches. And three, I think he just ran out of fucks. Yeah. And I've enjoyed it. I've yeah. enjoyed listening to him talk about like, yeah, they don't like me over there. Yeah. <laughs> like, he can't be hurt. It, like, and even if it does work out with Warner Brothers, like if they called him tomorrow and said, hey, the deal's out. You know, I know the cat's out of the bag. We actually have a plan that involves you. I think he'd take the call, see what was going yeah. on with it. But And I'd love to see it. Oh, for sure. I will I will facilitate that call if I could. I could be the like the operator person with the little plugs, putting them in all the thousand holes. I would absolutely do it. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's just he's 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 past it, man. He's beyond it to some extent. And good for all him right. for getting to take his shots. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's head over to uh, let's do some Suicide Squad news. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's going to get to open earlier in the UK. You sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, July thirtieth is when they get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been rated R for strong violence, gore, and graphic nudity. <laughs> <laughs> strong violence, check. Expected that. Gore, yeah. no questions. Graphic nudity. Well, it is brief graphic nudity. I, I'm not going to say it's... I have no objection to this. I wasn't expecting the word graphic. Some nudity, maybe. I don't know. Right. Graphic nudity is such a funny phrase to me, though. Like, well, I mean, it says you know, strong violence and gore, language throughout, mm-hmm. some sexual references, drug use, and brief graphic nudity. And oh, I'm just gonna go ahead. I'm just gonna go ahead and like shimmy out on this limb here, and say it's not gonna be Margot Robbie, y'all. No, 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 no. It's gonna be like Starro pulls out his dick or something. No, I that's have a, what it's I gonna be. I like <laughs> your gonna... bet. I do. <laughs> I have another bet. Uh huh. I think when he's talking about the beach full of dicks, eventually we're going to get oh some, gonna, something akin to what would look like a beach full of dicks. <laughs> oh, that'd be taken. People are already crying about how far that they took that joke in the trailer. I know. Or or oh. alternative theory, very similar. You just actually see peacemaker peacemaker rip a dick off somebody and take a bite. Yeah, I can see that. Or maybe King Shark's dick. Just it's gonna for be, freedom, you know. It's gonna be like some weird version of dick. That's that's what it's gonna be. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's, right, so it's gonna I be like we Weasel can, bending DC over. on screen and is officially making this bet. It is going to be male genitalia. Yeah, not female no. genitalia. <laughs> it's it, like I said. It's gonna be Weasel like spreading his ass whole yeah. open. You have got a dick coming. That's what we know. Is it? Well, it might it might be Weasel going goatsy on us. That's it's, true. Okay, so it's <laughs> <laughs> anyone who doesn't know that reference, count yourself lucky. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Uh, it, hopefully, you won't be able to spell it correctly. Just save yourself. Ask a friend, and they're going to tell you. Oh, just don't, just don't, sweetie. Don't. Do Google's it. like, I think you meant. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all right, so uh, gratuitous anus or gratuitous penis are our top two bets, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm comfortable with that. All right. Um, 
someone asked James Gunn, how many characters are going to die in Suicide Squad? James Gunn responds, almost all of them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, so funny. Good stuff. Over to the yeah, Batman. Yeah, I'm going to kill I, them all. Yeah. Over to the Batman. Uh, you saw that trailer that came out back in October, right? Uh, I thought we talked about it. For the Batman? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. I, I want to say yes. I'm just the, the, the one, one that came like out of Fandom. fandom. The, yeah, yeah, that's the okay. it. That's it. That's the only one. I thought that was in like August. Uh, it was like, wasn't it October? I want to say it was I August. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Um, so some uh, because of the upfront, some like promotional shit for the Batman came out, like a calendar, and like pretty oh, much the same. Yep. Well, yep. Pretty much that same picture that we got of oh, uh, no, you know the this one's October. I'm sorry, sorry mm. to keep interrupting. I looked it up, but it's this fine. one's October. Do you remember um, how the Riddler was in that gimp mask mm-hmm. in the trailer? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and they what put, looked like a like an overworked poncho or something. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, they they have like a picture of of him in that gimp mask in the uh, in the in that calendar, <laughs> and people are just flipping out and like pissed off, pissed off. And I'm like, you, 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 all of you people said that this was great back in the. Tra- Did you not realize that was the Riddler? I don't understand what the problem is. Every, like people are indignantly posting pictures of like previous Riddlers and saying, this is the Riddler. Like not enough question marks? <laughs> the question marks quota? Are uh, you looking for a bowler hat and a domino mask? Get Matt. the hell out of here. What, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, he's got kind of a domino mask. Those, those glasses he's, are... He's got glasses poking through his gimp holes. <laughs> not sure. Is it gimp? I'm trying to get it close up. He just looks like the Zodiac killer. It looks it looks like Which someone is fine. it looks like he ripped all the uh the guts off one of those like uh old timey gas masks mm-hmm. that look like the uh the plague masks, you know? Yeah. And just strapped that over his head. Yeah, but I like saying gimp mask. Who doesn't like saying gimp mask? I mean <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Um But yeah, I but I'm this doesn't look like the kind of riddler who would um you know Leave a lot of DNA around. Like, not right? any real Riddler would leave any DNA Thank around. Like, you. It's, it's crazy. You, like, of course you go completely covered up. Once they know who he is, maybe he can, you know, segue into a bowler hat and domino mask or you know, something. a la Gotham. Right. I mean, even, you know, the, the Riddler on Gotham didn't start out... Dressed like the Riddler. Right. I don't. Under, I don't understand the hatred. The just the like, what, we're upset about this now. The thing that you've known about since God knows when. Since it revealed it like day zero, last year. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, I I think people are stupid. <laughs> that's my takeaway. People dumb. Got it. Um. <laughs> They're like, hmm, I wonder who this guy is. And how does the Riddler factor into this? He's the no, Riddler, I mean, dipshit. The most, <laughs> I mean, all right. The, the whole thing opens with a question. 
and and a riddly type question. So like if you were confused about whether that was just like a, a narrative, uh, like a narrator kind of thing or something, I, maybe I can get that. Maybe you just saw this guy and thought serial killer or something. Maybe you thought yeah. hush. I don't know. But you know later if that's pointed out that like no 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 that was that was the one that was literally like we pointed out that was Paul Dano and that that his role was Riddler. And, you know, at that point, you have to, I don't know, like, I don't know where the sense of betrayal is coming from. Yeah. This, this is apparently the day that we find out what the cost is for the audience's blind eye. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys like the trailer because you didn't understand it? <laughs> oh. oh, it hurts. It hurts, yeah. Jason. I'm, I'm at a loss. I didn't know he was going to look like that. It was the first shot of the trailer. Listen, I, I've i tried for two minutes not to say this, but but their, their questions at this point are an enigma. <laughs> yep. An enigma wrapped in secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I tried. I tried my best. <laughs> Hollywood Reporter has confirmed that Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, who uh, directed Bad Boys for Life and are doing the uh, Disney Plus Ms. Marvel series, will be helming the uh, HBO Max film Batgirl. Oh, that's where that landed. And that is being written by uh, Christina Hodson, who wrote Birds of Prey and The Flash. It's being written by someone entirely different. <laughs> yeah. Christina Hodson. They threw she's been that writing, script away. Well, she's been writing the. She's been writing Batgirl for a long, long time. Oh no, I know that name. I'm just saying the the, the previous name. Gone. Oh, you talking about Whedon? Yep. Oh yeah, he's been gone for a minute. Yeah, I mean, you got to imagine they they went to them and said uh, like all of all of the people you just mentioned and said, hey, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to put in HBO Max and and said like right, just elephant in the room. Uh, here's a blank page. That's what we're starting with. Go crazy. Yeah, I assume. Like, <clears throat> you know, Christina Hodson. Piece of blank she, paper. Go. She may have been working on it even when, you know, because right after Whedon, because I remember her name being attached to it right after he left when he was like, I just decided I don't, I don't have a story. I don't have any story for it. Like, yeah, sure. You, sure. Sure, buddy. Mm-hmm. Too busy hiring lawyers to come up with the story. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, um, I would write some fiction stories, but I'm too busy coming up with stories to cover my actual nonfiction act, you know, actions. Right. Well, I think at the time it was more, you know, he was, he was too busy hiring interns to have sex with. Possibly. Um, or to at least coerce. Yeah. They, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't remember. It's got it. Well, how long has it been now? Like somewhere in, in the two to three year range when Batgirl uh, left his hands. Uh, it was right after Justice League. Yeah. All right. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I am actually Long glad to see that that's still a thing, though. Yeah. Um, it, any word on what it's connected to as far as is it, you know, part of the Gotham PD thing or nope. whatever that's supposed to be renamed now? I do not know. Okay. It does not say. J.J. Mm. Uh, Abrams addressed whether or not he'll direct DC Comics. He says, I, I know that Hollywood is a place where it used to be that people would be inspired by something that they would see or an old film or a show or something and think, Oh, here's my response to that. Here's a version of that. 
Uh, it's become a place where more often than not, you see something and people get inspired by it and go, let's redo that exact thing. I feel like as someone who started writing in television and telling original stories on film and in TV, it is something that I really do miss. The few things that I'm working on now as a writer are original ideas. I just feel as a director, I really would love to have my next projects be things that didn't pre-exist me necessarily. So that sounds like a big fat no. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And a little bit of a, uh, hey, so I've seen how that worked out for some people and uh, this entitlement thing. I'm, I'm not trying to get in on that. Yeah, well, he knows everyone bitches about him. So, yeah, it's true. He's tired of hearing, you know, people talk about the Skywalker shit and whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's done his time as far as yeah major franchises go. Let's go. Let's go play in another sandbox. Mm hmm. Uh, Margot Robbie gave us an update on Birds of Prey. She says, uh, I don't know if that is on the horizon anytime soon. I don't think it's a no, but there's no sequel in the works that I'm aware of at this stage. But she did uh, tell uh, Den of Geek that uh, she is constantly harassing the studio about Poison Ivy. Yeah. She's like, I chew their their ear off about it all the time. They must be sick of hearing it. But I'm like, Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy, come on, let's do it. I'm very keen to see a Harley Poison Ivy relationship on screen. It'd be so fun. So I keep pestering them. Mm-hmm. I, I, 100%. I am there with her. She's got it. She's got my vote. Um, I mean, I you remember being excited that she was going to be like a producer on Birds of Prey? Yep. And, yep. Can we just like give her the reins, you know, $30 million and see what happens? <clears throat> I, I'd be okay with it. That's not a not a giant budget enough that she's got to work within some boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, give her full creative control and just uh, I'd be curious to see what comes out of it. Yep, me too. Uh, now this isn't news to anyone who follows this sort of thing, who listens to our show necessarily on a regular basis, but um, I, everyone acted like it was kind of a big deal. So maybe I missed something. It made me second guess myself. Mm-hmm. You know how we know things and then it comes out later and you're like, did we just know that? Or did, was that confirmed? I don't oh know. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Gal Gadot told Israel's in 12 that we didn't threaten to damage her career. He's, she says he kind of threatened my career and said, if I did something, he would take, he would make my career miserable. And I just took care of it instead. And we know from, I believe other, you know, instances of this conversation happening, she got Patty Jenkins involved. They went to Warner brothers and they were like, this is some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was taken care of, but, uh, everyone was acting like she confirms it. And I thought she had months and months and months ago, but no, I think know. that was one of those that was like that. It was, uh, not publicly confirmed until that interview. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, confirmed <laughs> but yeah for sure confirmed um here's uh here's a little bit of stuff from Zack snyder uh he says uh the, well in reference to what i was talking about earlier he says warner brothers has been aggressively anti-snyder what can i say clearly they're not interested in my take um and he was talking to jake's takes about army of the dead he says, I would also say that they certainly weren't interested interested in, I would have said originally in my take on Justice League, they certainly made decisions about that. So he does like, you know, leave us a little wiggle room for hope. And I think he's saying stuff because he, he's in the know a little bit on, on what's going on over at Warner Brothers. Uh, he might actually have some, some uh, leeway here. 
He he might. I, he's. I'm a little bit confused about whether he's in a stage where he's just like, yeah, fuck it, I can say some stuff, or if he's <laughs> in another stage where he's like, no, I've been talking to some people. I've known about this for a minute, and like, you know, this is why I've been doing so many interviews. Well, I mean, he's doing a lot of interviews because he's promoting Army of the Dead, which is coming out. Oh, I know. I know. In the next few days, but well, he's in between this like highly. Uh, not publicized in some of the traditional senses, but a highly public event and another uh, movie promotion event that would just be normal course of events. Uh, you're going to get interviewed a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> and you got to imagine if he's like, Hey, we want to talk about arm of the dead. It, like it's okay, cool. We're going to do an army of the dead interview. And he sits down and he's just in his head. He's got to be thinking, cool. So how long till they ask about justice league? Yeah. I mean, the guy just in March just had Snyder, two versions of Snyder cut come out. Yeah. And then like he's got the next, you know, the next couple of weeks he's got Army of the Dead, which is the first in at least well, the first of a franchise on Netflix coming out. And I mean, yeah, everybody's up on his dick. Mhm. Or bye. I just really? watched him on um what was it? What is it? Uh whatever it is on on the YouTube where he's looking at uh he's pulling the pieces of paper off of the Google searches and answering the the most sought questions or whatever. Oh, damn charming. He's a damn charming man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, is Zack Snyder kind? He's like, hey, can you say that? Can you, can you answer that question? No, I'm a jackass. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did say, uh, let's see. He was talking to the post credit podcast and he said that, uh, they're uh, the proper man of steel sequel, like a follow-up, Solo follow-up probably would have had Brainiac. He said that we talked about a Brainiac movie. The Kryptonians that are in the Phantom Zone are probably still around, and there were always pops- possibilities for their return, Feora and whoever's left. So that always was a thing that was out there that we talked about as a possible sequel, a follow-up. So there was a lot of that. I was just always, I just always think that it's best to give Superman these kind of extraterrestrial challenges because I think that's, I think that you've got to be careful. Other than Lex, and of course you have to continue with Lex because Lex is his real nemesis. Mm-hmm. But like, I think you really have to look outside of the Earth for challenges for him because of how powerful he is. You know how quickly I'd take another Zack Snyder Superman movie? <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah. Lord. Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't actually time it with the stopwatch. Mm. You know, yeah. Now, uh, and I'll say this, uh, Zack has confirmed that he doesn't know the numbers for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, I'm sure. It's been yeah. one of my qualms of uh, of the outlash in the last couple of months of like, release the numbers. They've never released the numbers. They're not going to start now. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. Like, it's not an established well, thing. It's a, it it's is a an established thing for other movies. They released Wonder, <laughs> Wonder Woman's numbers immediately. They have released Godzilla <laughs> vs. Kong's publicly. They've no, released they release Mortal Kombat's publicly. Numbers they, I mean, when they feel like it. Yeah, and there is no verification of those numbers. They are releasing, they're releasing numbers to suit their own, you know, narrative. narrative. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes, their figures I got there. come available. <laughs> <but> <laughs> you were on the path. Like figures become available. Uh, the, there's uh, we don't. The, there's it's not like a third transparent party that can verify this for us. Um, like bless my heart. I find myself wishing there was something as, uh, stringent as Nielsen ratings. Right. I mean, and there are tons of third, third party, uh, entities reporting numbers. Uh, they're just not official. And 
uh, HBO is not acknowledging them. Yeah, there there is no consensus on how to actually judge these things right now, though. So that's my point is like you can release things when you feel like it and when it fits what you're trying to put out, but you don't have to. And even when you have done it, I, I don't know. I don't really know how accurate that was. Yeah. I mean, box office figures are one thing, and those things have all been released. But, um, you know, and that, you know, with all three of those movies, really, you've got some version of box office to play with. But Right. Not not the Snyder Cut. Like, there's nothing like that. It It's in a box. It's, in a, it's mm-hmm. the black box, so to speak, or the Chinese box, if you're a Searle fan, I think. Uh, Deborah Snyder, in uh, addressing the lack of HBO Max viewership numbers, says it's about telling stories and getting your stories to as many people as possible. Yes, there might be an excitement about how it does. Everyone is a little competitive, but they are taking chances on films that would not be getting made. The studios are so focused on big IP and tent poles, but there is a lot of other content the streamers are getting made that wouldn't get made if it wasn't for them. In my experience, the creative freedom and support along the way, not a fight, support... And the director's vision has been really great. In terms of the box office, yeah, it's good to know. But you usually know if people like it or not. HBO is interesting that they haven't reported the numbers, but there have been a bunch of articles saying how massive Justice League has been. For us, it wasn't about that. It was about completing Zack's vision, something that, because of our tragedy, turned into something really ugly and distorted and having a chance to set it right. The love from the fans for that film and for Zack's vision and to be able to complete that vision was the wife of it for us. Mm-hmm. That's been an amazing experience to see people show enjoy it and love it. Uh, we have been developing this world and Zack's version of, what, uh, of that world for over 10 years. It was kind of a weird ending or a lack of ending. So for us, it was a nice way to get closure and also for people to see what it was meant to be. That's a nice diplomatic take. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Yeah. <laughs> and Zack Snyder told, uh, who did he tell? Vanity Fair. That um, basically the, the the Warner Brothers executives didn't see it until way later. Like I don't know who reported on this unwatchable cut. Oh. But apparently that was just bullshit. I did see that. That cracked me up. Um, this report that it was unwatchable. Like, yeah, because you didn't have access to it. Right. <laughs> you fired the dude and it's on his laptop. Of course it's fucking unwatchable. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, he says, uh, they asked him about it and he says, well, can I come in, at least come in and tell you what I think the best version of this would be? And uh, he said, so I went in and just kind of pitched them on finishing the movie correctly and Zack Snyder's Justice League and how we would market it and what it would mean to the fans and all that. And then they came over to my house and watched it. No one had ever seen this version of the movie. And they were like, okay, we're inclined to do it. (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, I I would love to see just one of the execs watch it and like – uh, that like they haven't taken a sip. No one's gotten off the couch for a bathroom break, um, and just like a little bit of a jaw drop as they turn back and and kind of say like, mistakes were made, Zach. Mm-hmm. Yep. What would it take to get this mounted? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Snyder told uh, Gone Viral that um, he says Lois is definitely pregnant. And you would have to then tell the story of Lois's child. It would be a big part of the story going forward in referencing Justice League 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, he envisioned Apocalypse uh, 
The apocalypse ruler Darkseid, traveling to Earth and murdering a pregnant Lois in the Batcave, causing a grieving Superman to succumb to the anti-life equation. Um, this turns the father-to-be into the red-eyed enforcer of the possible nightmare future glimpsed in Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. He says, if you sort of impose, superimpose what happens in the story over the Dallas dry erase boards, the ones that were in the AT&T headquarters, that was the, sort, that was the story. Um, he does say in this version with Lois that she's pregnant with Clark's child, not Bruce's. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he, he has changed that, but he does have it plotted out. He says, the story's figured out. I know what to do. It's not a question. The truth is, uh, the Snyder Cut came out just to give you a sense of it. I haven't heard from them. I don't know what they think. I do love these characters and I love the world clearly, but yeah, I just don't know what their plans are or what they're up to. So Zach doesn't know. And uh, I don't think he will for a minute because of what's going on with, uh, or maybe he will. Maybe Zaslav like called him immediately. He's like, yeah, we're going to do this thing. Let's do it. <laughs> or maybe Could've he said, ah, we're, I don't know. <laughs> no, Zach's proven that he can double speak when he has to. So it could be that he knows something could be done. I don't know. Uh, he did talk about, um, to up rocks. He talked about what John Stewart's role would be in the trilogy. He says, basically what was going to happen is he had two roles. One, he, uh, we would have seen him in the post-apocalyptic world. He was kind of like their scout and kind of like their, you know, join the team. And then in the final battle against Darkseid, he would have gotten the Green Lantern Corps and organized them to fight against Darkseid. Those would have been his jobs. Uh, solid. I want it. Yes, please. Roll it up. Yep. Stick it in my dick hole. I was thinking light it and pass it over, but okay. <laughs> That's it for movie news. Uh, <laughs> God help me. Um tangentially connected peacemakers coming out in, in January of 2022. So, uh, I think I had that written somewhere and it got lost somewhere. Uh, ah. but, uh, you, you feel like going to break? Yeah. Sounds good. Go to break. And then we'll come back with uh, a bunch of, bunch of cool news, TV news, animation news, news, news. Huzzah. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Circle K is America's thirst stop. And Dave's, especially when Dave needs refreshments for family movie night. So Dave heads straight to Circle K, where he grabs icy Polar Pop cups and frosters for the kids and chilled beer for the grown-ups. Enjoy family movie night, Dave. We'll be here for you all summer long. And right now at Circle K, save on all 20-ounce Pepsi products. Three for $4.25. So make us your first stop. Circle K, America's thirst stop. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. 
Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And we are back. I uh, <laughs> I got up to go piss and I looked up and the first thing I see is uh, I've got, you know, Detective Comics 1000 on the wall here. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing I see on that is a slumped over boulder hat, domino masked Riddler in the background. And I just, I had to laugh. I'd think, poor gimpy bastard. No, that was, <laughs> he was a little bit slumped. That was back in the uh, the War of Jokes and Riddles days, I think. Mm. It, brief sidebar. If, if, if that was the same time period, I can't remember now. It was in this area where he was like on meth, getting in just like this, uh, you know, K90X shape of his life kind of thing, where he was just mm. on like military level drugs, watching every camera in the city and uh, slumping over like you could see his spine. He looked like a tiny bang. Yeah. Is that, isn't that where he looked like, uh, or he was like shaped like a question mark, literally? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> his like spine was warped. Yeah, he was like See, yeah. he was the you know the the shrimp. Well, on Riddler. on Tech One Thousand, what it looks like Jim Lee has done is go back to their most classic looks. Mm-hmm. Every character just looks like their classic version. Uh, it's just I just I, there's so much to do that you could do with Riddler, and it just made me think like how much as artists like if I was like. And I'm guilty too. If I was doing a Batman book, everybody would look like they came from the animated series or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like if, but like how much as artists do we just like hold ourselves back and just retain like, because like, look, the Riddler's, you know, look is not necessarily interesting. He's wearing a jacket and a bowler hat. Yeah. I mean, but then you have people who are like scoffing at, you know, question mark spine Riddler or, you know, I saw people scoffing at like uh, the the sideburns mm-hmm. uh, from Capullo or whoever. So I'm just like, you know, why, why are we? I, I don't know. Just it was one of those weird thoughts where I'm just like, eh, God, just we're keeping him from being an interesting character, aren't we? <laughs> Some combination of you know the fans and the creators, and the creators are fans. So, well, I think the sideburns were. No, the sideburns were definitely part of War and Jokes and Rivals. I believe the sideburns came into play in uh, Year Zero. Okay, so I'm thinking or about Zero Years or whatever. Um, I I saw them recently, it, but it was on. Do you remember the like open shirted with the, like the tattoo of the circle on his chest and not tattoo? It was like the uh, the burn mark tattoo version. Yeah, I want to say that was Zero Year. No, I think that was more recent, or at least was. Uh, I think it was called upon more recently. Maybe. I don't know. I, I get so confused. Someone will set us straight. Set us straight, everyone. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, 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 let's get into the, this news. Exciting news, I mm-hmm. feel. Uh, they have given, Warner Brothers has given a straight-to-series order uh, to Batman Caped Crusader, a new animated series that's going to be on both HBO Max and Cartoon Network, and it is expected to bring an all-new reimagining of Batman... It's going to have three big producers, executive producers, Bruce Tim from Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. And they've, they put out this poster. It looks like Bruce Tim doing golden age Batman. <laughs> He's got the giant golden age ears. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm down, dude. Oh my god, it looks fantastic. So pretty. So it looks like it's very very designed by Bruce Tim. Yeah, uh, I did see the one shot, and I agree. It's oh, it's the background not, on my phone. It's not my favorite image, but uh, it, not that image. It's not my favorite like version of his. Uh, you know, the big cowl. ears. Yeah, like the ear side. I there's a uh, reverse correlation between or inverse correlation between like size of ears and my enjoyment. Huh. It, it generally shorter ears. I I like more. But. Does that does that stand up with Batman Beyond as well? Mm-hmm. You know, I I feel like I got you. It, yes and no, but that's not Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh, so you taking the bat fake road? You kind know? of a, I don't know, kind of a different thing entirely. Also, uh-huh. like it's not like he's running around with you know the cape and the cowl. He's just running around with like a skin suit and nanotech. Mm-hmm flying technology on so the yeah you're you're basically you're taking you're taking the opinion of the joker right now return of the joker batman I mean, joker makes fun of him says the years are too long and i miss the cape mm-hmm. and then literally calls him bat fake mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you're just you're just the joker at this point i'm waiting to disagree with you about the joker <laughs> I, i'm so far we're it. on the same page you know i i do prefer shorter ears but you know i it's interesting because I haven't really seen a whole lot of Golden Age Batman in animation, and you no, don't see them that, that often anymore. Yeah, I'm nitpicking. Uh, for that reason, it sounds fantastic. And I mean, you know, shit looks almost like Wolverine ears. Let's do it. I'm down. If I can, uh, yeah, if I can make a, um, I don't know, a, a like a deal with the whole thing. Like, hey, listen, I'll make my peace with those ears, but can we do a Batman vs. Dracula? Because... I, I I feel like that's a pretty decent deal. Oh, I mean, we've seen it before. Ears versus ears. I know. There's literally a film. I know. Yeah. But it's part of the, the Batman uh, animated mm-hmm. series. It's a good film, but, uh, too. I enjoyed it. It was yeah. pretty good. When he looks like that, I just, it. I don't know, that's part of what gets me, is it has this whole Nosferatu feel to it that doesn't, uh, I, I haven't completely made peace with uh, why this doesn't make sense to me. But okay, it is what it is. So, getting back to it, executive producers Bruce Tim from Bruce, uh, Batman the Animated Series, J.J. Abrams is going to be an ex- executive producer on this thing, and the Batman director Matt Reeves. And uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, as as uh, our friend Anthony on Twitter said, I Brooklyn Batman. I guess Matt Reeves hasn't gotten the the uh, the memo yet that he's fired. Dude, just keep showing up to meetings and they keep opening the door. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Like he just shows up at the same time that some intern is like carrying coffee and says, oh, let me get that for you. And just let me hold the door. Okay. And pops into the room. Mm hmm. Starts pitching ideas and sits down. I swear every week I see people and they're going like, oh, yes, this means Matt Reeves is fired. The Batman's canceled. They finally figured it out. No, no, sweetie. Matt Mm-mm. Reeves is here to stay. Yeah. I'm so sorry you can't understand that. No, it, but it's the, like, at least think of it as the Joker thing. This film is happening. You will see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Will, I say you'll see it. You don't have to see it, but it will happen. It will happen. It will be released in its entirety. No Snyder Cut needed. Not saying Reeves will get every, you know, creative decision he wants, but it will be released. 
You will be As able I, to watch the film. Look, I've had people, like, I've expressed similar sentiments about how, you know, I don't trust it. And then uh, several other people were like, oh, no, no, Matt Reeves, that's why he left. He left to make sure that he, you know, they were going to give him whatever the hell he wanted. So uh, that being cre- complete creative control. So we'll see. We'll see in three or four years after the movie comes out if Matt Reeves starts crying about how they made him change the ending or something. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I know there have been uh, directors before that were like, well, the studio made me do this. And they were kind of bullshitting. Yeah, dude, there's a blame game that can happen. I, But I will be just astounded if we don't get to see some version of what he was trying to do. And I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'm skeptical, but I'm curious about the idea that he actually did hold out until he got like full creative control because i don't know maybe but same time they were making that after they you know turned down the (laughs) basically making all the money off joker and didn't make that so fuck they were in a position where they're like man maybe we should just actually let this happen make it you know put it under our wing get all the money this time and they might get all the money this time yep i mean maybe but this animated series looks great. I I uh, just based on the one shot, the one sheet. I'm 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 on board. If someone handed me a a, uh, a rolled up one sheet, mm-hmm. this one sheet, mm-hmm. it, I would stop doing this show right now and hang it on my wall. I would I go have work to, to do. I must yeah, clear I room. Go and buy. I would not even go to Walmart. I would go to Target and buy a nicer frame <laughs> to put it in. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the next day. Go to a framing shop. Have them do it right. I'm not rich. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, has cracked me up, though. Occasionally you get something. I'm like, where are you going to put that? And I'm like, no, I have I have 12 ideas right now. People, every time I get anything, people are like, oh, God, where are you going to put that? Like, where would you, like, you don't have any room in your house. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> You have, you have no idea what can be fit it'll, into the space. It'll take the old-fashioned finagle one, but don't uh, try me. This is a mere creative exercise. That's all. Or do try me. I like getting shit. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers has also given a two-season series order for an animated show called My Adventures with Superman, which is a kids and family animated series. That will be on HBO Max and Cartoon Network. The series will follow, uh, sorry, the series will follow the action-packed, comedic, and romantic adventures of Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, and it will follow Clark Kent and Lois Lane as 20-somethings, along with her best friend Jimmy Olsen, as they begin to discover who they are, as well as what they can accomplish working together as an investigative reporting team at the Daily Planet. I, I, I'm down. No, it sounds cute. I'm good. It looks good. Um, they, they put up a still of it. I dig in the animation style. It looks, you know, it looks a little bit like the, um, the She-Ra reboot that was over on Netflix mm-hmm. animation wise. And, um, Amy Friedman, head of kids and family programming over at Warner Brothers said this fresh take from the Warner Brothers animation team delivers a modern relatable Clark Kent alongside a fearless whip smart Lois Lane who are navigating the small tasks of both becoming adults and trying to save the world here's my favorite thing about it Jack Quaid is playing Superman oh all right I dig that dude yes Huey over on the boys mm-hmm. he's also a uh, Boimler on Star Trek Lower Decks mm-hmm. he does a fantastic job in both 
He's got a lot of range. He can do both. Um, and I'm interested to see him playing Superman. And uh, the I've seen him person- on the boys. I haven't heard his voice outside of that. But, like, I'm kind of curious. He's got a tall frame. Mm-hmm. He could do, like, a nice kind of deep Superman-y voice. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I know he yeah. can do the nervous Clark Kent thing for sure. Yes. Got that. That'll be under wraps. Absolutely. And uh, playing Lois Lane is Alice Lee, who is on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Oh, yeah. She is fantastic. Mm -hmm. She has got a lot of range. So they've really opened up her character on on Zoe's this year, and she has really run the gamut. Um, She's super talented. And I don't have enough nice things to say about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. God, I hope NBC renews it. It is one of my favorite shows. It's so good. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one, but I, I like it a lot. I've seen episodes, and it's given more time. I would, I would enjoy it more. <laughs> Such a strange statement. I know. Like the, <laughs> there are pieces I've seen where I'm like, man, this is fantastic, and there are pieces I've seen where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't need that. But that's any fucking show. Like that's not a review of any kind. That's right. It's hardly a take. It's it. It, it scants an opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, that's any fucking thing I watch regularly. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I've, it's a I've lot of fun. I've watched the, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Gallagher? Uh, the Peter dad. Gallagher. Yeah. I've watched some of the episodes where he's really losing it and, like, the Sound of Silence thing. And, yeah, like, I literally walked through the living room and saw it and kind of had to stop and had a bit of a tear in my eye. I was like, well, i got to go to other things. But, no, that was, just, that was fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, it's real good. The, the show goes, uh, I mean, you know, it, I left my dick off. I sat there and cry. Like, it's, it's. <laughs> I've had other moments where I watched and was like, this feels like me and every other theater kid at some point just being like given the reins and, and like I, it's joyful in a certain way. And other, in other ways, I'm like, yeah, I, I have other stuff to do. Yeah. You also have a fun little thing where she doesn't really know music very well. Like, out of all the people who could get this power, it's, kind of like a subtle little joke throughout from time to time that she doesn't really like music or understand it. So she just doesn't know anything about music. And I don't know. They were singing this and this, you don't know that song. No. What is that? A big song. Is that a good one? (laughs) (laughs) Sound like a big deal. Yeah. It was was fucking number one song for 10 weeks, but okay. Sure. Yeah. Stay in the top 50 for about a year and a half. Okay. Whatever. You know, the Beatles. All right. Like, yeah. (laughs) um i i and most of the people are so talented i say most because mary steenburgen i just think is awful Mm -hmm. i don't think she can hold a note she's just flat as shit that's fine it's not about that but who's she play uh she plays zoe's mother oh okay so but yeah i don't have an opinion on that i was just curious it's a uh fantastic show uh couldn't couldn't recommend it more i enjoy the shit out of it they have a lot of little fun. Uh, they've done some fun little tricks with the uh, with the with her superpowers, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. So DC has announced an Injustice movie. Mm. The Injustice mm. animated movie. That's going to be their next big thing. <sighs> well, thank goodness. Tom Taylor's finally breaking the ice there. <laughs> and i can't stress this enough i hope it's the beginning of a tom taylor universe of animated movies because 
don't get me wrong. I think there's a way to mount his movies in any or his uh, his writing in DC in any capacity if you really wanted to. But mm-hmm. I think it would be maybe best as animation. And um, I mean, fuck, I, I would love to you know see this do well and maybe you know a sequel because what is it up to volume three or four or whatever? Like the whole, the Injustice series, an entire fucking series now. Yeah. Uh, like I would seriously deceased it needs to be something animated. I'm sure they'll get there. <laughs> it would it's just uh, it's just the best version of how to tell that story? I think would be animation. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. But yeah, injustice. It's exciting there. news right. for me. I haven't heard that. I'm, I'm downplaying how excited I am, but I'm very I, pumped uh, about this. Well, don't downplay it. <laughs> I'm extremely pumped. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, Indubitably. God help us. I mean, if you're actually excited about something, let it let it show, man. This little light of yours, man. I hmm, I might even <clears throat> stay up three minutes later tonight. <laughs> oh, we don't have any other details. It'll it'll come up. Uh, apparently, the uh, sneak peek of the film, the first sneak peek, will be available as part of the upcoming home release for Long Halloween Part Two. So there's that. Tom Cavanaugh is going to direct uh, the season one finale of Superman and Lois. Hmm. He did the hundredth Flash episode. Now he's going to do this. That's a, that's interesting. I'm yeah. glad to see that guy getting more directing jobs. I am too. He's definitely been in front of the camera long enough. Hopefully he's picked up some tricks. But I mean, <laughs> part of me, part of me uh, has some sympathy for people on set keeping up with him mm-hmm. because. The moments I've seen him behind the camera, like the dude talks like he is on as much caffeine as they joked about in the flash. Yeah. Did you, did you hear him talking about him finishing up the flash? I did him leaving the flash. He, he did a whole, he did an interview and he was talking about how he, uh, he said, you know, when I was, you know, Sherlock and I was, you know, investigating myself, I started to have the feeling that it was time to go. <laughs> Which was a nice way of saying this show is kind of turned to shit, I think, a little bit. Like, okay, we're done here. Okay, it's the hold flash. On. That completely it's, contradicts uh, something he was saying earlier. Like, when he was Sherlock, he, before that, he said, No, we found an entirely different way to play this character. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I don't know. I, it, not like people can't have conflicting thoughts about points in their career and uh, what yeah. they were thinking at the time. I mean, he just said that's when he started to come up with it. He started to feel like it, you know. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I would have gone a season before that and went, eh, is it time? I don't know, man. Of all people, his character is, is one of the ones where I'm like, eh, I don't know if there's going to be a time for me. that. Yeah, like, I like him enough that, like, I, if the show was on, I want him there, but... Uh, does the show need to be on anymore? Do I mean if they could find somebody who could run it? And I'm not looking at Eric Wallace, Mister Telltale. Um, no, I I don't know either. Um, and I'm seven episodes behind. Uh, I I I shouldn't even uh, give an opinion really. But yeah, I, I could see it. Also, he's been there for years now. I I I could see him wanting to get into something else and. Especially there comes a point where you uh, try to transition behind the camera. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Frank style. Right. David Schwimmer, if you will. (laughs) Well, you know, 
I love what Tom does in front of the camera so much. Jonathan Frakes, never, never that much. I, I'm perfectly happy for him to be behind the camera, but uh, I think he's a much better director than he than he is an actor. Seems like a perfectly nice individual. I don't, you know, don't, I'm not trying to be smirch the man. Anyway, uh, Jeremy Irvine is apparently in talks to play Alan Scott in the HBO Max Green Lantern series. I don't know who that guy is. Uh, they the said uh, sounds familiar. Hold on. They say he's in Warhorse. That's what everybody keeps saying. Yeah, of Warhorse. Oh, okay. Well, I've never seen Warhorse. So. <laughs> I don't either. Why does that name sound familiar? I don't know. I yeah. mean, I wonder if he's uh, related to Robert Irvine of a Restaurant Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, so there's that. Uh, feedback. We've got some feedback here. Uh, Eli Hernandez over on Twitter says, which comic book writers are underrated, in your opinion? Which ones are overrated? I'll start first. Dan Jurgens is underrated. Frank Miller is overrated. My opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate to get behind the Frank Miller thing, but that's not a bad call. I, I think Frank Miller's, you know, uh, Frank Miller. Uh, it depends on what era. I think it's one of those things. Where you're just kind of going like, well, you talking about Frank Miller, Daredevil, Dark Knight Returns days? Are you talking about Daredevil, you know, Frank Miller, you know, Sin City days? Or are you talking about Frank Miller, Dark Knight Strikes Again, no, and everything after? Like, because like Sin City in a lot of ways was like the best and worst of him. Like the things that everyone hates about Frank Miller, he started really doing heavily in Sin City. But, you know. If you like that yeah. sort of thing, no, that's, that's the best. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's my take on it. But um, then like it was post Sin City that everything seems to have just gone like, what the hell are we doing here? Period. Yeah. I can get behind that. Alan Moore has a similar effect. Like, all right. But to that point, um, as far as overrated goes, uh, you know, you, you can't, I, Scott Snyder is just top of the iceberg. Uh, people you should look out for are like Joshua Williamson, Ram 5, Tom Taylor's getting some recognition. Those are people that are just really knocking out of the park and mm-hmm. many more names that I can't remember. As far as overrated and stuff like that, though, uh, yeah, like same way with Frank Miller. Um, Alan Moore has, man, he, he kills it sometimes and doesn't otherwise. So all that being said, my answer to who's overrated and underrated is Grant Morrison. Like, okay. There are moments where I don't understand what the fuck I'm reading. And I don't think that's on me. Are you saying that Grant Morrison is your answer for both? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You see what I mean though? I think, yes, I do. (laughs) I think you're on the same page. Like Uh, there are moments where I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. And there are moments where I, intuitively understand what's happening here and on a spiritual level i appreciate and just i he's taken it to another level and then yeah it sometimes it's it's reading hieroglyphics from a language that was long dead i don't Look, know which one i'm getting into my it's general streams like overall he's mount rushmore of dc comics but I don't know for any given uh product of his which one i'm going to be doing like and to be fair, some of the stuff that we're like, I, I just don't understand what I'm doing here might be on me because some of the other yeah. stuff is so fucking brilliant that I just wonder if it's my fault. 
Yeah. I, you know, I, to, to even ask this question, like it's such this, this is all so, so, so subjective. Oh, deep. Um, so, you know, in my, in my head, when you say, Oh, who's underrated? I think, you know what? I hear the name Dan Jurgens all the time. Everybody talks about how great Dan Jurgens is. So I'm not ever going to say he's underrated. Everybody talks about how they, how they love that dude. Um, but you know who I don't ever hear about freaking Al Davis, you know, Alan Davis, like that dude was like, like part of, part of, you know, my, you know, coming into my comic book fandom experience. He did justice League the nail. He did, you know, freaking Excalibur for so long. He did yeah. like, uh, big board. Uh, he did, uh, I think he Ooh. did, uh, Genesis miniseries that I really along those lines. Darwin cook. Darwin Cook, I don't feel like is underrated. I feel like he is quite revered. No, you know. Well, yes and no. I feel like, but uh, among people who would say such a thing, yes. Uh, among GA, I don't know that you you would say that name, and they. Oh, I don't. I don't even think we should even bring up the general audience. This is not a question <laughs> for them. That's, that's actually really fair. Yeah, I can get behind that. So, and, and to, and to be clear, I, I generally don't know, like, I'm sure I'll be like, I, whatever happened to Alan Davis there, no one talks about him. And then everyone's going to be like, he's a dynamite and he's a piece of shit or something, you know? And I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know who's in comics gate and what, a, I don't know anything about that. I don't know if they're like an old, you know, Trump supporter now talking about, you know, too many woke things. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We all turn just, around and find that dark reality sometimes. Yeah. I just know I haven't seen that guy in a long time. Now, the first person I thought of when I heard overrated, Judd Winnick. I've seen that name. Uh, what are we talking about, though? Uh, he did Under the Red Hood. Oh. And that was the only thing I liked that I've seen him do. Like, other than that, whenever I've seen his name on a thing, I go, ah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't. It's just, he's just boring to me, but that's, you know, but you know, like you can say like Frank Miller's overrated. His last 30 years have been shit. Yeah. But the first 30 years were fantastic and whatever Frank Miller does, I'm going to read Yeah, just because it's Frank Miller. Like just because I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what he's doing now. Like he might come back. Who knows? And he did come back to some degree. Like I thought, uh, master race was pretty damn solid. Um, kind of fell apart for me at the end a little bit, but it wasn't like, you know, the, the sporadic gobbledygook that strikes again was, and, uh, <laughs> golden child looks, you know, pretty good. I don't, I haven't read it yet. I haven't gotten there. I, I enjoyed it. It didn't, um, it didn't leave you like with a, a giant taste in your mouth. Like mm-hmm. he has never gotten to the point of the, the first one, you know, but right. It, but it was, it was solid. Same way like uh, Master Race it was solid, but yeah, you know, maybe there's some fumbling at the end, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, Golden Child was pretty fucking solid too. But you know, it, shorter. It, it's, it's one of those definitely something you can go you, doing a one take kind of thing. Yeah, I you know I'm I won't I will never say he didn't contribute a lot, but Brian Michael Bendis to me is a little overrated. I don't I don't he's not my cut man. He's just not. I honestly. Um, I'm not sure about how I feel uh, about him overall. I haven't read enough Spider-Man where I know that he's lauded for his Spider-Man run. And I've only mm-hmm. read uh, like snippets of it. Um, but fuck, his Superman run has been fantastic. Great. I haven't read it. I mean, I 
<laughs> I have one of the covers on my wall. It's, it was what, it's the yeah. one where he actually reveals Superman to the world and everything. Yeah. Uh, I felt like Chuck Austin was underrated. People didn't like that guy. I liked him. I, I, everyone was like, he made Superman into a dick. He's just thumping criminals in the head. I'm like, dude, that was a callback to, to golden age. Like, <laughs> I like that guy. Now, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know any of these people in their real lives. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they do. I, you know, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to like really just sit down and come up with overrated and underrated period because, you know, I like, like Tom King, I, I have read his first arc for Batman. Mm-hmm. Did not like it. Did not. Loved it. Did not like Gotham Girl. Don't give a shit. Uh, Mr. Miracle, it. take it all day. Yes, sir. Thank you, yeah. sir. Any time of the day or night, sir. His uh, Strange Adventures is fantastic so far. It looks great. I want to read it. Like I was just looking at my wall, and I'm deeply ashamed that I didn't mention James Tenney and the fourth and in my original run of people that were like, you've got to look out for these people. Mm-hmm. Like... They, that's this guy's tearing it up right now. Yeah. Um, underrated Cal Higgins. I don't think that dude gets enough play. No one mentions that guy. And I don't understand why. I'm trying to remember where I've seen his name. Nightwing. Mm. Well, see, on Nightwing, right now, uh, Tom Taylor's taking over Nightwing. And mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty fucking great. Yeah. Um, I would have said two or three years ago that Tom Taylor was really underrated. But that dude has blown the hell up. Yeah, dude. I, like, there are times where like people did the work and they're getting, uh, they're getting the recognition they deserve. This is yeah. one of them. Yep. So I mean, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I'll say this: here's here's a comic book creator that is, I wouldn't say he's underrated. It's hard to say he's underrated uh, because he's you know critically acclaimed and has like all the awards. Uh, but Craig Thompson, who did Blankets, uh, he's doing Ginseng Roots. Uh, he, that guy is fantastic, but he doesn't do cape shit. So, like, nobody in the comic book community talks about him <laughs> because he just tells, like, you know, super earnest, like, down-to-earth stories. Yeah. <laughs> but he's fantastic. He, he writes it. He draws it. Um, he's got a very distinct style. He is one of the greats. One of the greats. And you nice. will almost never hear his name in comic circles because he, his 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 protagonists don't wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There, there's my opinion. My very my very long opinion. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Eli. Overall, our uh, answer is like just people that need more recognition or or not. Yeah. I like you know, Stevie Wonder hasn't made a good album in years, but he's still one of the greats because he you know. <laughs> did like several really good things at the beginning of his career. I mean, <laughs> Stevie but Nicks, that, that, the same, whatever. Yeah, that is again subjective, subjective. <laughs> I know lots of people who like Stevie Nicks now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not necessarily, you know, saying I'm not one of them. I I could take it or leave it, really. I don't know. Yeah. Depends. I'd say like Jimi Hendrix hasn't made a good album since like, Late 60s. I know. What up, man? <laughs> Dude needs to produce. Yep. Lazy bastard. <laughs> Get off your heels. Stop <laughs> putting out these Christmas albums. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Janis Joplin just disappeared, didn't she? I guess she yeah. got a little bit of fame and just retired. <laughs> and just like, 
I'm bueno. <laughs> Off. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that Kurt Cobain, he just went up and he just Look, went Look, I'm glad retired, Dave Grohl picked up the torch is all. Yeah. Because that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt just, just had enough, man. He no output. Like, Put a bullet in me. I'm done. Just no Let me fork. Let me fork. <laughs> That's not okay. We're bad people. <laughs> Everything that just happened is despicable. All right. Moving on. What do you got? All right. Please Stu take us somewhere else. Please Stu take Little over else, on Dave. Twitter. <laughs> Stu Little says, say, this, say the discovery deal goes through. It will. Mm-hmm. And this leads to that side of the company doing DC-related documentaries. Like DC Universe should have fudging done. What real life DC topics slash people would you like to see get that treatment? Non Batman slash Snyder, please. Uh, I can't answer that question because yeah. uh, I I want Batman, I want Snyder, I want Scott Snyder, <laughs> Zack Snyder, I want uh, I, I want documentaries on. Uh, oh, that's a good one. I feel like this was another one. This is another person who's underrated and overrated at the same time. Mark Wade. Oh, My yeah, no fair. God, yeah. you don't ever hear about Mark Wade anymore, but he is like, he's the freaking man, dude. Kingdom yeah, Come, JLA, like, he, oh yeah. my God. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't really watch documentaries as far as uh, comic book documentaries are concerned, generally. I did watch the hell out of that Todd McFarlane doc, uh, but, you know, that, that was on Sci-Fi a few months ago, but uh, that actually didn't really... It was weird. It was like I watched it and I was like, well, that was not what I was looking for. <laughs> and then just wound up looking around on YouTube and finding a bunch of different like interviews with Todd McFarlane that was much closer to what I was looking for. So I was like, okay, cool. Something um, No, that may be the problem with the documentary format as far as it goes in this uh, version is like a uh-huh. good documentary has a thesis and proves that the, like, it's a five paragraph, paragraph essay. Right. Sorry. Um, it, it, thesis uh, points conclusion, and it's maybe not what a lot of the topics surrounding DC need right now. Yeah, and a lot of I feel like a lot of comic book based documentaries that I've seen have were just like, well, we're going to talk about what Batman is and what he's meant to the world, or well, let's, let's talk about what Superman is, and they go over like a history, like skimming over all the things throughout the decades and. Everyone's got to talk about seduction of the innocent for a minute. And everyone's Mm -hmm. got to talk about the comics code and everyone's Mm got to, you know, mention Neil Adams and, and how get out of that. Yeah. How shitty the Superman creators or the Batman creators were, were, uh, were dealt. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know that I have an interest until they tell me what it is. And then I go, Oh, okay. I might watch that if I'm bored one day. Because it's yeah. just not, it's, you know. Well, like uh, the the Bill Finger thing that came out a few years ago. Uh, that was fantastic. What was the name of that? Uh, was Hulu? Bill and Me something, I think. I don't know. Yeah, but that was good. It was good. That was really good. And that was but informative. That was telling the... a story I didn't already know. Yeah. Um, um, it was also the perfect uh, like documentary format. Like. I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was getting into. They uh, they had a, a point to prove, and they did it well, mm-hmm. well researched. Um, I'm just it, one of the problems I have with documentaries in general is like badly researched ones aren't good. Yeah, it's it's an expose piece. It's journalism if you do it in a certain way. 
Yeah, and, and I don't need I don't need Michael Uslan sitting around talking about why he bought the Batman license. I don't need that shit again. I've seen it <laughs> over and over again. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm I am so pretty the done. The question with, there with, is like the the real answer is I don't know because when a good documentary presents itself, it will tell me why it's there, and yeah. we're just gonna go from there. Yeah. I, you know I I'm. I guess I'd be interested to, I don't know. There, there are things I don't know that I would, you know, thinking about it, I would be like, Oh, maybe that would be interesting. Like I'd probably watch a, a documentary about, you know, how green lantern was created. Like you don't, you don't hear a lot. I don't, well, I don't, I don't hear a lot about like background on stuff like, like that, like green lantern or, or, or flash or whatever. Um, you know what I would do? Actually, if I can, if I could just conceive of one that would be fun, the history of magic with the DC universe would be kind of fun for me because mm. magic preceded the DC universe in a lot of ways. Like yeah. magic I mean, in comics is the golden age. Green Lantern was magic based. Yeah. Yeah. And before that we had, you know, uh cult man or whatever it was, uh, Dr. Right. Cult, I think. Right. Um, yeah. It, they, they were, it preceded the idea of superheroes. I wouldn't mind seeing some uh, version of that, like how Fawcett and Shazam uh, <laughs> certainly came to be. Like, yeah, that'd be right. fantastic. I would love to see Magic vs. DZ or something like that. That may be like my best answer for that. Yeah, I'll tell you what I want. I want a, uh, I want a documentary. Whatever happened to Cliff Cornwall and the Whip? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to series? <laughs> Why don't they make any more issues of Powell Smith? Indian lawman. That's <laughs> <laughs> you can make an entire series of videos that were like, why don't they make any episodes of this person anymore? And then the next frame is just twenty seconds of because copyright. It just yeah. stays there on the screen, uh, and then yeah. video ends. I want a whole documentary about the singular moment, mm-hmm. tracing it back. Who like I want to just about the moment where someone looked at Powell Smith, Indian lawman, and went. Oh, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I want to know about the 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 point where you know someone's conscience kicked in on egg foo. Oh, that's the name I was trying to think of. Yeah. <laughs> where someone's like, mm, I don't think this is gonna work. And I want them well, to know, track I, down. I think historically, it, it, it's not that it didn't work. It's it's that it wasn't selling anymore. And later, someone right. went, that didn't, that wasn't, hmm. no. I, I would also love to see, like, an interview with the three people who were still angry that Egg Fu was not an acceptable villain for Wonder Woman. <laughs> Ever since they got all woke, took away Egg Fu. Yeah, I know. Tough times. <laughs> what if we grabbed any random person and made them the villain instead? Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this, uh, I would watch a whole documentary about, uh, the awful bondage covers of wonder woman. <laughs> oh, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, what's, what's it called? There is that. We, uh, oh. no, I mean, there is that. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? I should know it. He's the inventor of the uh, uh, polygraph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Molten. Mm, that. Mm, William. That's the bitch. Molten. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he invented Wonder Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have like a like a like a for real like biopic type of situation about that. What is that called? I don't remember. Uh, it's whatever. There's some streaming service that whenever the wife signs into it, it hits me over the head with it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that. But I don't remember what it is. Is it just Professor Marston? It may just be called Professor Marston. Okay. And the women or something. Oh, Professor yeah. Marston. Uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Ah. Oh, women. Women. Okay, the Wonder Women? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like Professor Cletus and the Witter Women. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's say uh, Ryan Hulesman over here says, uh, uh, if given the creative power, who would you green light an HBO Max animated series for? And what would your approach be? Lobo. And I want it to look like Sam Keith art. And I want it to be written by the guys who do uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, yes. Overall, just Yes. I didn't have an answer until just now, and I just said all that, and I went, "Oh, well, that's what my—that's what my true heart desire is." Yep, just yes. <laughs> Matthew Salvatore over on Twitter says, "Will the Batgirl film make it, or will it fall by the wayside, wayside along with the rest of the canceled DC projects?" Well, only time will tell, Matt. Uh, do you like Matt? I've never called you Matt before. That's weird. Uh, I tend to think that since it's HBO Max, it will go ahead as planned. I, I think I think it will. But, um, oh, he also says, rest in peace, Nightwing movie. Yeah, well, it was a tumultuous time for everyone. And uh, there are lots of things that didn't get made that were in development. I would love to see that guy's Nightwing movie. Uh, but, uh, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed it'll happen sometime. I feel bad for that guy. Poor McKay. He wanted it so bad. <laughs> yeah. His his literal Twitter avatar for the longest time was was Nightwing. Yeah. <sighs> um that's all I've got, man. What do you do you have anything else? Yeah, no, no. Cool. Well, I'm gonna wrap it. Wrap it. We are DC on screen. Every episode is available at DConscreen.com, except for the ones that aren't. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DC on screen or Instagram at DC on screen and those others not. Yep. Um, hmm. Patreon.com slash DC on screen. Uh, I imagine there will be uh, a couple more Patreon episodes popping up pretty soon. So, um, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Circle K is America's thirst stop. And Dave's, especially when Dave needs refreshments for family movie night. 
So Dave heads straight to Circle K, where he grabs icy Polar Pop cups and frosters for the kids and chilled beer for the grown-ups. Enjoy family movie night, Dave. We'll be here for you all summer long. And right now at Circle K, score with 28-ounce Gatorade. Any flavor, three for $5. So make us your first stop. Circle K, America's thirst stop. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.